Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 27th of February. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, we talk to Peter Cech about the psychology of penalties. We remember a five-star European performance in this week's history lesson. The great Adrian Clark is back for another dose of the chalkboard. We kick off by going around the club with our very own Max Jones. It's time to go around the club with Max Jones. So we go around the club with Arsenal.com's Max Jones, as we do roughly once a month. Max, nice to have you back in the studio here at Emirates Stadium. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, Russ. Yourself? Not too bad, thank you. Of course, we were commentating together for Arsenal.com on Friday for Arsenal under-23s, Premier League 2. 4-1 win against Chelsea. We'll come back to that. But before, some very interesting news hot off the press regarding the academy. Yeah, it's uh, big news for the academy, a big name who's been involved for the, uh, for the past three seasons with the academy, and that's Andres Jonker, who was the general manager of the academy. He's now gone to uh, become head coach at Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga. So those fans who remember when he joined, he signed from Wolfsburg. He was their assistant manager at the time. He's got a long history of management, and he's coached our under-19s as well in the youth league, um, alongside the likes of... Uh, Freddie Youngberg this season and Thierry Henry last season. So, you know, it's a great step for him and, and we understand that the, the club have sent him off with all their best wishes and uh, hope them all. I hope that he has all of the success for the uh, future. Yes, that he very much deserves, absolutely. OK, Max, so Premier League 2, very impressive performance at London Colney, as we both uh, commentated on, as I say, 4-1 against uh, a team who, of course, are recent champions of the equivalent league and who were... Uh, above Arsenal in the table and are just now but only on points difference. Yeah, and you've got to remember with this Chelsea side, I think we said at the time, that they'd won the FA Youth Cup and League Double and uh, also the Youth League as well. So they, this isn't just one of the best academies in the country. This is one of the best academies in Europe. And Arsenal absolutely tore them apart in that game on Friday. Um, so yeah, like you said, it, it means that we're now level on points to them. It's only goal difference that, that separates the two. But that 4-1 that win is certainly going to go some of the way to reducing that gap. Um, there were brilliant standout performances from a, n- a number of players. Ben Sheaf we touched upon, but I don't think we, uh, we focused too much on Daniel Marlin. Um, but two assists and a goal for him. What performance it was, was by him, wasn't it? Um, 
And I, I think overall, after seeing how influential Mason Mount, the Chelsea number 10, was in the first half, Arsenal have got to be delighted with how well they nullified his threat in the second and just kept solid at the back and... Rob Holding had a huge part to play for that. Yeah, he most certainly did. So Rob Holding, Daniel Marlon, as you rightly say, Reese Nelson and Danny Welbeck all getting the goals. Let's hear a bit from Rob, who spoke to Arsenal.com post-match at London Colney. Yeah, that's what it was for the likes of me, Danny Jenkinson. It was just a chance to get 90 minutes, so happy with getting the full 90 minutes and we won the game as well, which was nice. There's good, good quality, good quality in there. You've got the likes of Reese Nelson and Chrissy Willock and obviously Ainsley and Jeff were in there as well. who were solid in the midfield. And playing alongside Ben Sheaf is a good player, so it's easy enough. Yeah, it's a chance to rest the legs, rest up and go again at Liverpool, Liverpool away in the next game, 4th of March. So, yeah, looking forward to that, hopefully being involved with the display today, maybe being more in the manager's thoughts. So it's always positive and we'll go again on, the, on that Saturday. Rob Holding there, one to be fair of several experienced players in the Arsenal team, packed it with players, mostly under 23 to be fair, but with notable first team experience. And that's exciting, isn't it? There's the youngsters coming through, the likes of a Reese Nelson, who haven't quite got there yet, but just joining what is this this very nice balance for me. Yeah, these are players like Reese Nelson, um, Ainsley Maitland Niles, of course, last season before he made up to uh, made the step up to being a first team regular. Um, these are players who are training regularly with Arsene Wenger's first team. They're learning from these sorts of players all the time and, and are playing in a match scenario with the likes of Danny Welbeck, Emmy Martinez, Carl Jenkinson and, and Rob Holding as well is only going to be beneficial to them. And let's just focus as well on Daniel Marlon from the Ajax Academy, young Dutchman. Quite an academy that, as we know. And uh, yeah, full of running. And as you rightly said, quiet for the first half an hour and boy did he explode into that game and he has got a lot of qualities hasn't he yeah he really does he's he's a ball of energy isn't he he's just a real live wire as soon as he spots the run he's going to make the run and he's so direct as well isn't he and we saw there are a few deliveries from the right hand side which weren't that great but when it mattered and when Arsenal needed the goals he was there to deliver he pulled back I believe he got the assist for Reese Nelson's, didn't he? Where he pulled yep. it back into his path. If you haven't seen that Reese Nelson goal, by the way, check it out on Arsenal.com. It's it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, of course he was there to um, he was there to score Arsenal's goal and also win the penalty with a magnificent first touch, which just took it away from the defender. And he had no other choice but to bring Marlon down. So yeah, great performances all round. And I just wanted to highlight Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well. Yeah. Um, this might, may sound everywhere, like... Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere on the field. He was popping up. In, I think we said, didn't we, we joked in commentary, in about nine of the 11 positions over the game. Mm, listen, Russ, we, as, as the Arsenal Weekly podcast, we're going to be favourable towards our players. But there were many, many Arsenal fans who were disappointed that we didn't sign Kante in the summer. Obviously, Kante is a, is a world-class player. He's proven it for, for Leicester, Chelsea and France as well. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is a long way off that. I'm not saying that he is the equivalent of Kante, but he has all of the raw attributes, as we saw in that game, to cover so much ground and win the ball back. He's got a footballer's brain, so he can read the danger, and his distribution is fantastic as well. So if you want to get excited about one youngster in that team who is probably going to be pushing for a first-team place in the next couple of seasons... Ainsley Maitland-Niles is your man. Let's move on from there, if we can, to another really interesting story, which is Kelly Smith's testimonial. Of course, Kelly joined us on the show a few weeks ago, which was brilliant. It's all now been really kind of signed off as it should be with a befitting kind of day and tribute. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, she really brought the curtain down on, on that 21-year career. She's seen 
I mean, she's won everything, hasn't she? She's a, a fantastic player, a, a true legend of, of Arsenal ladies and English football as well. Um, unfortunately, though, in, in this testimonial, she wasn't able to play, but it's positive news anyway, because she was pregnant. So, uh, so you know, there's great, uh, great news all round. Um, However, it did allow her to get a guard of honour when she came on to take a penalty, which uh, guest referee Howard Webb awarded. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was it was just a great occasion for for the Arsenal fans to be able to see Kelly score one final goal for Arsenal, wearing that number ten shirt as she's done over the years. It it, it was brilliant, and there were so many faces from the past as well: Casey Stoney, Faye White, Marianne Spacey, uh, even former England manager Hope Power played as well. Um, and like I said, Howard Webb refereeing was <laughs> was in great form. He, uh, I think, he made it made a headed clearance at one point. Um, and then, yeah, the the afternoon ended with a lap of honour in front of almost two and a half thousand fans at Boreham Wood. So it was a great turnout, and uh, I'm really happy that Kelly was able to go out on a high. On that note, let's hear from an emotional Kelly at the final whistle. I tried to stop the tears coming, um, but I just I think you have to let the emotion, you know, take you over because. It's such an important day for me and my family. And I just said to all the girls before before the mic got to me that I'm so proud to have played for Arsenal all these years and represented this fantastic club. It really does mean the world to me. I'm still um, a part of the club, obviously, with my coaching role, which I'm thrilled to, to be. It was always going to be hard to step away from this fantastic club. Emotion-wise, I've just had a fantastic day, one that I'll remember forever. You know, the, the stage penalty at the end, um, to see the, the Kelly Smith face masks and just seeing all the friends that I have that have made the effort to to come um, from afar, you know, to, to make this day so special for me. Kelly Smith there and uh, someone who, as you say, has left one hell of a legacy, has been such a key person and, uh, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see in the future who could come up and almost be the new Kelly Smith, if anyone could comparably be so and, and fill those illustrious boots. Well, that's interesting, actually, because my one to watch... This week, well, this month, I should say. Is it not is, Eddie uh, Nketiah for the first time all it's, season? It's, it's not Eddie Nketiah. It is, uh, it's it's going to be a ladies' player. It's, it's only apt to, uh, to to use a ladies' player, especially with the uh, spring series starting this month. Um, and I chose a player who I feel is going to make just a huge impact uh, every time she sets foot on the, on the pitch. As we mentioned, we're looking for the next player to kind of step into that Kelly Smith role at the club, starting young, staying at the club and just being a true inspiration for the younger players. She's only 19 and this is only her second season since she made her breakthrough season. But I think Leah Williamson is going to have a huge role to play in this Arsenal ladies side in the spring series and when the normal league starts up again in, in September. I, I think she's She's going to be brilliant. She's already captain England under-19s and I've no doubt that she'll go on to captain England, uh, the full senior team in the future as well. Um, I think the, the reason it's going to be such a big season for her is she started her uh, senior career as, as a midfielder. She's now moved a bit further back, kind of like Ben Sheaf. Mm -hmm. um, so now she's, she's playing at centre-back and with the likes of uh, Casey Stoney and Josephine Henning leaving in this transfer window... I'm really expecting her to uh, to step up and be such a key figure for Arsenal in that back line. We'll keep a very close eye on that. Thank you very much indeed to Max Jones from Arsenal.com joining us to go around the club here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Come back. Thanks for having me. Well, the 
The psychology of the penalty is for many one of the most intriguing assets of modern day football and talking about the one-on-one -on -one battle during the penalty kick, Arsenal's number one, Peter Cech. Peter, there's a theory that in the last 20 minutes of games, late penalties tend to go down the middle. Have you noticed that as, as a goalkeeper yourself? I don't think it's a rule. Obviously, the player probably in the last minute, you think, OK, it's a safer option at, at this point of a year. You know, when I face seven penalties and five goals in the middle, I have to say, oh, you know, probably is the safest option for a, for a lot of uh, for a lot of players. But uh, on the other hand, um, you know, I think you, you read in the last minute what you see on the pitch, the decision, obviously, you study and you prepare for the game. You see the you see who who can be the possible takers and and as well, I think you consider what's the point of the game, whether the team is winning, losing, how big pressure is on the player or is not. Because obviously, when you have a start of the game, uh, minute ten, you have a penalty, and and there is not you know you are one nil up or nil nil. Then obviously the pressure on the on the player is much less than if it's last minute and you have to score in order to win or you have to score in order to to get a point. So you have to think about that as well. But uh, but on the other hand, you know, you're prepared, you know what can happen when you see the player taking the ball, you see the way they, you know, to take the ball, what, how far they go off the ball, you know, you, you can see whether they will shoot strong, whether they will place the ball and it plays a lot of things you need to consider. And, and but in the end, you make a, the final decision you make is not about, you know, I, I never make decision like, OK, I go left. And however the player run, I go left. No, the decision is you have make possibilities, probabilities. You see the way the, the situation goes, but on and on the last split of the second, you read what the player tries to do, and this is probably when you when you make the final decision is that split of the second. So there is a, there is probably there are probably goalkeepers who who just decide prior to the kick say okay I go right I go right whatever I don't know because everybody can have a slightly different approach to it. But, um, you know, my, my approach has been working <laughs> until this season quite well. But unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the, the players keep their calm and, and, um, and, and manage, to, you know, manage to score against me this, this season. So hopefully, hopefully there will be a, a moment where it reverses. How much then is down to luck? And Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How much is down to that judgment you talk about? No, there is a little element of luck, obviously, yes. But um, on the other hand, it's not only about luck, it's about skills of the players. Because if you have a skillful player who can keep this nerve and just execute the, the penalty spot, you can go right away, you can go in the right timing and you will never save it. Because it, when the kick is kicked well, you know, well, then obviously you have no chance. And, um, but it's not only, I wouldn't just take it down to luck. There is a little element of luck, obviously, yes. If you go right away, then you need to make sure, you know, you need to be a bit lucky that the ball goes right height or, or the, the right speed that you, you get there. But, uh, or if you if you manage to touch it, then then if it hits the post, goes in, then you can say, well, okay, this is this is about a little bit of luck. But um, on the other hand, uh, I believe it's, more, it's about the skill of the player, which gives you either chance or not, and as well as the skill of the goalkeeper. It seems less likely that a goalkeeper will stand still. They normally go one way or the other. Are you tempted just to stand there sometimes? Yes, of course. But then you know sometimes when you see the way the player you know runs towards the ball. Uh, it hardly, you know, there are, there are many situations that you hardly believe that in that fraction of the second when the decision is made and the position of the player is there, that you think, okay, they, now he's hardly going to change. But, uh, you know, obviously some people show the way that they disguise the shot very well and, and it can happen. But uh, it's true that in the modern game you can get as many as informations you can. So, and I'm, I'm sure as, as us goalkeepers, we prepare. Obviously, the players, they prepare as well who they face and, and maybe, maybe this, it goes down to this as well. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Oh, Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, It's up for grabs now. Thomas! On the 2nd of March, the year 2000, Arsenal beat Deportivo La Coruña 5-1 at Highbury in the first leg of their UEFA Cup fourth-round tie. Donato going across with Henri. Oh, it's Lee Dixon! Where did he come from? Burkamp took that nicely on the half-turn. That enabled the pass to go to Overmars. In comes Henri! Slick and snappy from Arsenal. Petit with the free kick. And round the back, Thierry Henry with the header. Oh, Canu. Oh! Wonderful finish. Smiles all around Highbury. So Bergkamp stays on and takes the free kick and scores from it via the deflection. And heads for the bench to be replaced now by Ray Parler. 
Arsenal would go on to win the tie 6-3 over the two legs en route to the final, but they then lost 4-1 on penalties to Galatasaray. There'll be another history lesson next week, but now it's time to look ahead to a key Premier League battle at Anfield. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. I'm well, delighted to say that we're joined at the chalkboard by none other than Adrian Clark. Clarkie, how are you doing, mate? Hello, Russ. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Didn't know what to do with myself at the weekend. No Arsenal game. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we've got something to look forward to this week. We most certainly do. And I tell you what, just hearing our uh, very, very poignant and memorable history lesson from a couple of moments ago on the show, I think of partnerships, Petit and Vieira, Bergkamp and Henri all featuring in that game. Um, what would be your best Arsenal player partnership of all time? <laughs> well, it's been some good ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some obvious ones, aren't there, with, with your Henri and Bergkamp so, and whatnot. Um, I'll tell you who, who springs to mind that is a bit... But forgotten really as a as a really good partnership. I think that's Alan Smith with Ian Wright. I uh, I was at the club at the time um, as a young as a schoolboy coming through, and then then I got to play with both of them, and, and that was a really good combination. Uh, if you go into that era as well, Dixon and Rowcastle, that was a really telepathic communication they had down the right hand side for Arsenal. Really, really exciting to watch. Um, Winterburn and o Winterburn. Whenever I see him on the match day show, he always talks about playing with Overmars and how easy it was and how well they clicked. So yeah, those, those are ones that stand out. Adams and Bold. I mean, I don't know if they've, they've had a mention, but but yeah, we've had some uh, some great partnerships. So, um, but yeah, do you know what? Thinking about me as a fan, I really enjoyed watching Lee Dixon and David Rocast. I think that's a partnership that isn't talked about enough. Liking your thoughts there. Thank you very much, Clarky. Now, the partnerships of the modern-day Arsenal team will be sorely tested, won't they, with a massive game against Liverpool, the tea-time kick-off at Anfield this coming weekend. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's a, it's a hugely important game, isn't it? It's um, a real tough one, I think, for Arsenal. Um, Liverpool have had a rotten run, but, but that home win against Spurs has seemingly turned the corner for them. So, so yeah, that, this is... Very tough fixture uh, that is fourth against fifth. The loser will suddenly be up against it to make it into the top four. That's how big it is. The winner will be eyeing up runners-up spot quite quite legitimately. So so it's, it's a pivotal crossroads game. And, um, yeah, Arsenal will have to be at their very best, I think, to, to get the three points in this one, which I think they're more than capable of. But they have to play well and they have to box clever too. And Liverpool have been the subject of a fair degree of criticism themselves of late. So much brightness and positivity on the whole, I think, still under Jurgen Klopp. But uh, let's be frank, like Arsenal, their January was, was hardly stellar, was it? They, well, they had a shocker, didn't they? They really did. Um, yeah, it's been a strange season for, for Jurgen Klopp's men. They've lost some really silly games. Um, defensively, I think they've got a lot of vulnerabilities. I can't quite believe that, that they didn't strengthen in January in terms of the back four, even the goalkeeping situation. Neither man has really nailed down that spot. So, yeah, look, Jürgen Klopp's got, got a few things to think about, but they are a strong side. As, as they showed against Spurs in that bounce-back game for them, winning 2-0, pretty much dominated it. Um, when they're hot, Liverpool, they're extremely hard to play against. And the worry for Arsenal is that they've been hot in all the big games this season, I mean, they've beaten Chelsea away, they've beaten Arsenal away, they've, they've beaten Spurs and City at home, they've picked up good draws against Chelsea, against Spurs, against Manchester United. 
they t- they reserve their best performances for these top six battles. So this is a very if Arsenal were to win at Anfield, they'd be the only team well, uh, in the top t- in the current top ten to beat Liverpool home or away. So that's the task in hand. I can imagine that someone like Sadio Mane as part of that fluid and very potent front three for Liverpool might feature in one of your head-to-head battles because there are plenty, aren't there? Yeah, you've read my mind. Uh, Often do, Adrian. Often do. We're a good double act at times. we've been doing this too long. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I I picked out Mane against Gibbs as as my key head-to-head, providing Gibbs gets the nod ahead of Monreal, which I'd imagine he would. He seems to be in the box seat at the moment. Kieran needs to pick and choose the moments that he goes forward. And, and I would, if I was the manager, I would be telling him to, to, to be very careful about leaving his post because Mane has the speed, he has the, the directness, the skill to really punish Arsenal down that right-hand side for Liverpool. So, look, Kieran is going to have to defend excellently in this game because he will come under an awful lot of pressure. Mane destroys Spurs. They will look to feed him at every opportunity. So uh, and he also gets into the box, doesn't he? So, so Gibbs even needs to go with him or pass him on to Lauren Koscielny if he's fit or whoever is fit to play at the centre half department. They need to communicate. So yeah, Mane v Gibbs is a key head to head. Tell you what, just while we're on it, because I don't think we've really explored this a huge amount yet. If Arsenal are to hurt Liverpool, mm. what do they specifically need to do? I appreciate the goalkeeper situation. <laughs> I wouldn't say that even now that their centre-half partnerships are necessarily a real forte of the club. What, what do you think Arsenal need to do? Well, they've got a few vulnerabilities. I think that um, the uh, corners, they've struggled badly all season. I've, looked, I've analysed a few of the goals they've conceded and there have been so many where, where we have won the first, not we, where opponents have won the header at a corner. It's dropped down in the box and bang, it's been tucked away. Liverpool are terrible in that department. And for that reason, I just wonder if Olivier Giroud might get the nod in this game. I think it might be a match to have a big player in attack um, just, to, just, to, just to load up that box from set plays. That's one area you can hurt them. And, and from counters, I would like to see Arsenal sit tight in this game. I want to see them in, in many respects. I'm happy if they sacrifice possession. I, I like the look of, we're not going to change the system where it's unlikely, but I, I would think a 4-3-1-2 might work really well against them where you've got two up top and they don't like playing against two up top because the centre halves are, are questionable. Um, I, I think that would work really well. Stay nice and solid and then hit them hard and fast on the break. So, um, look, we'll have to wait and see. But there's a couple of areas we can definitely hurt Liverpool. Boiling all of that down, then, this is where you earn your coin. In a sentence, (laughs) how do you beat Liverpool? (laughs) Right, you beat Liverpool by being mentally strong in this game because you will have to withstand the storm. You are strong mentally, you hold firm, and then when you get your opportunities, you have to be clinical, and and that is the way to beat them. No one has beaten Anfield, uh, beaten Liverpool at Anfield so far this season out of the top six. Arsenal are capable of doing it. It's a long sentence, but I like it. We'll let you away. Uh, Adrian Clark. before you go, my friend, tell you what, there's been a biblical monsoon here at the Emirates Stadium. Not entirely sure quite where that's gone from the last few minutes, but struggling his way in, sodden like a drowned rat. It is the Arsenal podcast editor, Liam Roberts. Liam. Do you want to know my uh, favourite Arsenal partnership? Go on. It's uh, Russ Hargreaves and Adrian Clark. <laughs> nice. I'm surprised neither nice. of you went for that. That's, we had uh... a telepathic moment earlier with Sadio Mane as well. So. 
meant to be. Very kind of you, Liam. Very kind. Um, <laughs> so no, no results from last week. There's no game. Um, level pegging, eighteen points apiece. Um, the most. This is going to be a, a skilled answer. I'm going to need for you. So it's going to need all of your analysis, all of the skills you've uh, you've got from the season. So Clark is going to win this one. Then. <laughs> of course. Yep. I need to know which Arsenal player will touch the ball last at Anfield. Ooh. And is Hang it... on, you said skill. That's nonsense. <laughs> Dripping with irony as well as rain is uh, this man this morning. He is, yeah. Is it me first? Um, it is, yes. OK. I am going to say, we've actually heard from him on the show already, I'm going to say that with Arsenal hopefully ahead at the time, Peter Cech will smash forward a goal kick deep into injury time and having kicked that ball as it's in the air, the referee will blow the final whistle. So I'm going to say Peter Cech. <laughs> that, is a, that is a shrewd pick. It's so often, don't they, referees blow up when, when the goalkeeper boots the ball. So, yeah, I know where you're coming from. Right. Uh, let's flip this around. I reckon, I reckon Liverpool will take a goal kick and they're going to aim it straight for Mustafi and he's going to head it into the air and then the ref's going to blow up. So I go for Mustafi. I like this. No dark arts. There's no way of, uh, of performing the dark arts this week on the, uh, on the competition. So. No, we're dumbing it down, aren't we? Um, but no, I like it. It's all good. Clarky, loving your work, sir. Uh, when can we hear you or see you next? Um, I will be back, hopefully with a breakdown this week, but you can definitely... Catch me on the match day show for the Liverpool game. Cannot wait for that. Saturday uh, evening, five o'clock, the show goes on air. Adrian, Liam, thank you. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Peter Check, to Rob Holding, Kelly Smith, Max Jones, and of course Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can find us on Acast these days as well, so you'll never have the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the 6th of March, and until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you got us. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.